Hey there! Welcome to Purposefully Love, a podcast on life, faith, and encouragement. Hello! I am back. <laughs> it feels like forever ago since I've recorded a podcast. So much has happened. I'm sure so much has happened in your life. Um, as it has in mine, I have my husband and I have moved. So we are now homeowners. Yay! Um, it is crazy. It is surreal. It is ridiculously new. And we are absolutely loving every minute, every second of this journey. Um, we couldn't be any happier, to be honest. <laughs> I really do not know how this can be topped. This moment is this moments we are just experiencing in our new house has been amazing. Um, which is so odd to say, especially since we are in the middle of a pandemic. And part of me for a long time felt really guilty for it. Like the idea of um the fact that we are we are losing people around the world, people are suffering, people are dying, and people are putting their life on the line. And I'm not trying to lessen that. I'm not trying to make that smaller than it is. Because the fact of the matter is my husband is one of those uh, people that are considered essential. So he is out there for his life on the line, working, um, trying to provide provide for our family, but also help our community to um, rebuild and to help people stay safe and still have some sort of normalcy in their lives. So I completely understand, but at the same time, we are in a season of growth and um, it's been a season that has been really persistent, really purposeful, and it's been remarkable. Um, and I've talked about this in pre- my previous previous podcast um, episode is the fact that becoming homeowners at a time like this, we didn't expect it. Um, we had some hiccups in trying to close our own house, but God is good. Um, God is persistent. He is purposeful in his pursuit of um, showing us how much he loves us. His pursuit of um, showing us grace and helping us to grow as individuals, but also as a community. So it's been absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm praying that wherever you are, how, wherever you are in your life or season, whatever season you are in, I'm, I'm praying that um, things are looking amazing. If it's not now, I'm praying that soon it will. Um, and it's just... I mean, I'm I'm just shocked, and um, yeah, I'm definitely shocked. But before I get any deeper into any of this, um, let us start off with the prayer. Um, my favorite part of starting something is always with the prayer, so let's start that. Um, let's bow our heads in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Lord, for this moment for all you have done for us, for all you continue to do for us. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for um, giving us warmth, um, for reminding us of who you are, who uh, we are as individuals in you as the body of Christ. Thank you for always, without failing, always showing us how much you love and care for us. Father, we know we are in a moment of desperate need. We know there are so many people losing their lives, so many people putting their lives on the lines, and we pray for those people, those individuals who are striving to do your will, striving to um, carry out your will for our, for us and for our lives. We pray for those who are suffering most at this time, those who are most in need of your prayer, those who are most in need of your love, your care, your presence. Father, we pray that they may know you um, and may know who you are and who you represent, who your Father is. Um, and Father, we pray that every moment of our life, we draw closer to you and we recognize your will for us, your purpose for our lives, no matter what. And I pray that whoever is listening to this podcast, to this podcast is touched in a way that is life-changing, 
life renewing and amazing. And all this I pray in in um your name. Amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. It's um it's a little odd. So they're all, but I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be right back. <laughs> all right, I am back. Uh, what was it? What was I saying before? Oh yeah, it's a little odd to pray like this. And I just, ah, it's really odd. I think this my this actually is the first recording in this new house. And then it feels like a new beginning. It feels amazing. It feels good. And I'm excited. I'm really excited. And if you listen to his podcast right now, I hope and pray that um, you experience some kind of newfound love um, and surrender to our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that he does something amazing, remarkable, and and just amazing, mind-blowing in your life. I really pray that for you. And I'm I'm really praying for anyone listening right now that things are getting better in your life. Because we are still in the in we are still experiencing a global pandemic. I know that some states as we speak right now are or as I speak right now. Or slowly opening up. Um, I know I've had some Instagrammer that Instagrammers that I follow um, are talking about going to a nail salon because nail salons are not opening, even though they're still um, practicing social distancing in some states. I understand states are slowly opening, opening and kind of um, relaxing their rules and standards and things like that. So I understand things are slowly getting. I don't want to say better because I feel like the numbers are telling us things are not getting better, but we are, um, we know there are some state leaders who are feeling that they need to open their state up. And I completely respect that. Um, each senator makes decisions for their states. I completely understand, completely understand, understanding of that. I can speak today. Um, but I will say in Virginia, we are, Still on a in the lockdown. Um, it's a lockdown, but we are still things are still closed. Um, and I believe as of now, it is still um, June first or July first. I can't quite remember off of my head, but it is not. Um, currently, we're in May, so it's not in May. It might be next month or the following month. We don't know yet. Um, I've definitely been following along and just yeah, staying on top of that. Um, but I try not to get overwhelmed with all the news and all the things and, uh, and, blech. but anyway, <laughs> today's episode is one that I have thought about turning around, flipped around and, you know, turning so many different ways. And I realized I, I really want to, de- to do today's uh, episode because it really speaks true to where I am right now, in this moment, in this season of my life. Um, as I just said, I am a new homeowner, which is so refreshing, so exciting. My first, uh, it's our first house, and it's just, it's still surreal, and we are still in that season. Um, we're, we're nearing two years of marriage, and I just told my husband just the other day, like, this feels so surreal. The fact that we're married to each other, uh, we're still so in love. And the fact that we are, the way we are, we are with each other, just relaxed. And um, it's just remarkable and it's surreal to us where we are in our marriage right now. Um, and anyway, so to this topic is basically when your friends are becoming parents and you are not, what I will tell someone who feels everyone around them is getting pregnant, but they are not ready to join the hype train, the hype train of pregnancy right now. Let me tell you, I don't know why it is. I feel like everyone that I'm following on Instagram right now, she's not everyone. 
almost everyone that I'm following on Instagram right now are pregnant, just had a baby, or expecting, or just found out they're pregnant. I feel like everyone that I know is getting pregnant. And that's that may sound like an exaggeration, but it's such a huge percentage of people that are pregnant that I know or follow that it feels so strange to me. I sometimes turn around to my husband like, um, are we doing something wrong? <laughs> it's so odd. Um, and I'm not someone who feels pressure to do certain things. I am sort of a people pleaser. It's something I'm recovering from. Believe me, I am working on it. And I'm not going to jump into the whole parenthood just because I feel pressure to do so. Believe me, it's not happening. But I feel like there are just so many people that are getting pregnant. And I know a few, by few, I mean one of my friends that I talk to. And we talk about how the fact that we are just not there yet. And sometimes it feels so weird because I even read an article that talk about how there is going to be um, so many people pregnant due to the COVID-19 outbreak because so many people are at home right now and they're just, I guess, they're spending a lot more time around their spouses, you know, having more intimate um, time together and things like that. The article said... Um, COVID-19 could lead to 7 million unattended pregnancies. And this is a UN study, United Nations studies that said this. And I thought that was so interesting. Um, and I thought, and my husband, I like, I thought to myself, like, we are, well, definitely not going to be in that percentage <laughs> or that <laughs> percentage of couples that get pregnant or respect a child. Again, God works in miraculous ways so you never know by the same time we're not trying we're not actively trying um and we're not using we're using family planning we're not using contraceptions of any kind um by the same time we're not trying to get pregnant so it's something that is really interesting to me um obviously this article was talking about people that are low-income families and also people in Toro countries that are, don't have access to other means of planning their family out at this time because so many services are not available to them, which I think in ways that also is kind of a bit, a bit of a rejoicing. I think it is selfishly because that also to me means so many abortion clinics are closed down so people are not getting abortions, which to me is already is amazing because so many lives are being um saved but at the same time I just understand the 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 importance of planning out your family and I know that coming from me personally coming from a turbo country I know that education about sex about uh, the woman's body and family planning is not available it's just not something talked about so I completely understand that um and it just it made me think about how amazing it is and how privileged we are by we I mean myself included that we were able to plan for our family and what you plan when we want to start growing our family and things like that so I came up with I believe this is 12 12 things that I would say to myself or I would tell a friend um in a time like this when they feel like so many people around them are getting pregnant and they're just not there yet or they don't even have a boyfriend or girlfriend or a spouse to even be thinking about pregnancy or children right now and kind of feel like you're behind. I have 12 tips, 12 things I would say to that person. And even actually, this is to myself as well. This is for me as well. Um, because it is, it can be so hard to wait, so hard to wait for what feels right for you. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna outright and say it. There's never, personally, personally, I don't believe there's ever a right time. And I'm putting air quotes around that. There's never a right time to start growing your family or to have a child. Um, I remember reading an article about how people are never financially ready to have a child. You just have to plan for it and go for it. But at the same time, as someone who is sort of a type A. Um, who likes to plan and 
somehow in some way feel in control, it is daunting to just think of, oh, let's just jump into it. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I like to think I'm very purposeful in what I want and what my husband and I want for our family, how we want to grow a family, what we want to start growing our family, things like that. We have those kind of ideas and plans out. But at the same time, we're trusting God and his judgment, his judgment and his plan for our lives. We're not completely relying on our understanding, which is one big thing that um, I think is important to also remember when thinking about things like family planning and things like this. But anyway, I'm going to dive right into my um, 12 tips, 12 things that I will really tell myself I'm, that I am actually telling myself right now as I'm looking at people's baby pictures, bump, baby bump pictures, uh, first trimester pictures, second trimester pictures, and all those things. And, and and I'll be honest, I am in no shape or form getting baby fever. I'm not. I'm not getting baby fever at all. I'm just kind of feeling some type of way about it. I'm feeling kind of like, like sometimes I'm like, um, should we start now? Um, Maybe this would be a good time to start now. Be like the introvert in me is kind of like, this would be a good time to be pregnant. You don't have to be around people. When you have your kid, you know, um, you can have more time with your kid to bond. And I'm completely not trying to be insensitive to the fact that there are states and even countries who, um, who countries that have laws about pregnant women and how you can't have your spouse in the delivery room um, and just don't have the same rights as they did post um, COVID-19. And I'm completely not being sensitive to that. I completely understand. But for me as an introvert, it's just kind of like, wow, this might not be such a bad time. Maybe this will have been a good time to have been pregnant, you know? Uh, but again, there's 12 things that I remind myself and I remind myself of and tell myself and I want to remind you guys of and tell you um, as a friend uh, listening to me ramble on. Uh, so yeah. So the first thing I want to say, it is okay not to feel ready or be ready as because as Christians, we feel this pressure to have a colony of children. I mean, a colony of children. There's this mindset that Catholics have a lot of children. Let me tell you. There's there's this kind of running joke, but not really funny one, that a Catholic family is basically who at least have five, six, seven, eight to 12 kids. And that's typically normal. Um, there's just this mindset that Catholics just have a, a big family. Um, so I, so for me as a Catholic who doesn't exactly want this huge family, I'm a Catholic that also thinks about the environmental aspects of, of having a large family. I'm the, I'm the sort of Catholic that also think of that, yeah, of when God said, when God, God's word, when he said, be fruitful and multiply, I also think of the idea that when he said that he did not explicitly say each and every one of us should go and it's required to have children because there are people in the world let's be honest who just are not able to um produce children and that's the fact of it not everyone is able to have a child um naturally for by themselves some people adopt and that's completely fine some people choose to do that and that's, there's nothing wrong or different or explicitly better about being able to have your own child versus adopting a child, making that child your own and, being a, a, be, and, and raising that child as your own. So I feel like it's important for us to remember that it's okay to only want one, child, one, one kid or two kids or three kids and not want a whole colony of kids or, and not even feel the pressure like, to have children at all. Like, I feel like the best parents are the parents who purposefully want children, not just because they feel that they have to have a child, but because they want that child. Because the children will know when they are wanted, when they are desperately wanted, needed, versus when they are just, you know, they, you just happen because 
your parents are being pressured or feel the need to have a child. I think there's a huge difference. Um, so yeah. The second thing I tell myself is <sighs> my marriage is not going well. If <sighs> how do I phrase this? Like when you decide to have a child, it does not say anything about the health of your marriage. Like if you don't have children two years into your marriage, it doesn't mean your marriage is not going well. And that's kind of a pressure and mindset that I feel for myself because I feel like so many people, so many Christians um, get married and then have children or within the first two years of the marriage, just or first two or three years of a marriage, just have children. And that's not something that I feel or my husband or my husband feel. We want to build a relationship with ourselves, with each other as well, and grow into who we are and, and feel that bond and have that bond before we bring a child into um, our life, to be honest. And I just feel like we will be better parents for it rather than get rather than jumping into having children as soon as. Um, we got married. Uh, sorry, I'm adjusting myself a little bit. My legs are falling asleep. <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of feel like when we got married, there was just this pressure of, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? There's just this expectation of, as soon as we got married, that you were going to have kids right away. Yeah, it's, and it's, I feel like it's the natural progression of things. Next step is to grow your family. To me, for me, that's something that, I know I'm my well, my husband. And I know we're going to do, but I just felt like there was just this expectation, this pressure to just start a family right away. Like you're married, and now you're married. A step is children right away. Children start making children, um, and it's just not something that we felt and we and that we don't feel at all. Is just enjoying each other, enjoying our marriage, getting to know our marriage because marriage is a thing. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it's been amazing. And something that I highly recommend for new couples is to get to know each other, go into each other, go into each other, get to know what your marriage is, uh, what marriage is and what your marriage is like before you have children. Um, and there's nothing, and again, there's nothing wrong with having children right after you get married. There's nothing wrong with that to each their own. Um, but it's just, it's where we are right now. It's what we're feeling right now. And number three, <laughs> So for me, with someone who has experienced trauma, who is still working through it, this is something that I really stick to, is um, the trauma that you don't want to pass on to your children. Um, it's something that I'm working on. Is There's so much that I don't want repeated in my children's life that I don't want them growing up with. Uh, I remember posting a saying that, I want to raise children who don't have to heal from their childhood. And that is something that I feel so deeply in my soul that it almost makes me emotional um, because my childhood is not was not the best. And I don't want my children in any shape or form to have to heal from what from their childhood. Um, and that's something that I... It's, it's actually one of my biggest fear is that my children will have to seek counseling because of something my, me or my husband do as parents or because of the way we raise them as children. And I don't want to inherently traumatize my children. <laughs> and I, I don't know of any parent who just, who just goes into first-time parents and with the purpose of traumatizing the children. But at the same time, I know there are so many people that don't intentionally intentionally have that mindset of, I don't want to traumatize my children and unintentionally do it. And I'm not faulting those people that unintentionally do it. But at the same time, I want to be purposeful in how, how we are raising our kids and making sure that the traumas, the traumas that we face as children, that we don't pass on to our children and unintentionally pass that on to them. So that is one huge thing. I think if you're um, in that waiting period that where, you, where you're having exactly figure out if you want to have a child now 
or if you're still waiting to start your family, it's a great time to start thinking about those things, like like trauma, um, things that have been passed on to you through your family that you don't necessarily want to pass on to your children and how you can do that what, and what you can do to make sure you don't do that. And one of the biggest part of that for us is um, seeking counseling um, to make sure that we heal from those past um, wounds and past experiences so we are not passing those on to our children. Number four, uh, praying for who they will be. Oh, this one is one that I find so beautiful because I remember my ex um, supervisor would talk, and we're still great friends, her and I are also great friends, but she would talk about prayers and mother's prayer for her children. And I just think it's the most beautiful thing for parents to pray for their kids, even before you conceive them, even before you think of who they might be, to just pray for their well-being, for their health, uh, for who they will be, for the impact they will have on the world. Because we all want good kids. We all want kids that are obedient, who are God-fearing, God-loving. But I think sometimes we forget that we, as, as we pray for ourselves, our family, we need to individually pray for each of our children, for their individual path, because we're all unique and God's purpose for us is different and looks different at each stage of our lives. And I think that's one of the biggest things for me to start being more aware of is that I want to start praying for my children. Praying, it's like praying it into existence. Like I want my child to feel loved. I want my child to feel uh, the love of God. I want my child to put God first above all else. Um, things that I want for my children. And I, and I think I'll probably take it even further and make a list of things that I want for my children. The qualities, qualities that I want, qualities that I want for my children. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Just as some people, most people, to be honest, <laughs> if we're being really honest, most people have names of their kids picked out even before they get married or even before they start dating. Um, some people, most people, let's be honest, have names picked out. I think at the same time, it's wonderful to have um, prayers, qualities that you pray for for your children. I think that's, that that's just sounds wonderful to me and something I'm going to start doing. Um, number number five. It took me it took me a moment to figure what number I'm on. Uh, number five, discernment. For me, discernment is one of the biggest thing. Like, ask yourself, why do I want to be a parent? Why do I want children? Why, while well for for us Christians, specific Catholics, we are asked when we get married that we are whether we are open to bringing up children, and that includes adopting, uh, mentoring, fostering things like that. So it's expected that in some shape or form you are going to have values that are especially with parenting to pass on to a child to do good I think it's also important for you to ask yourself why you're doing it and if being a parent and whether or not it is doing good honestly to be honest to goodness deep down I'm just gonna say it I and I'm sorry if you offend some people but some people are just not meant to be parents that's just I'm just gonna put it out there and some people even say it, that they just don't feel like they will be good parents and things like that. And I think it's important for us as individuals to be mindful, be aware of those things that we are feeling in ourselves and just discern it. Just like you would discern your vocation as a doctor, as a nurse, it's also important to discern your vocation as a parent, as a husband, as a wife and things like that. To pray on it, not just jump into it without being prayerful about it. Um, it's like us in this house, for example. I, well, we were about to give up, and we're like, uh, maybe we should just stick to our apartment for a while longer. 
But God had a different plan. His plan was to put us in his house, and we stuck to it because where God leads, he provides. Um, and that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the idea that just the saying that where God leads, he provides. And that is so true. I look back on my life and realize that in every aspect, everything that has happened, God was there the whole time, the whole way, and he never left my side. And that's why I trust him with so much, so many aspects of my life. And I pray about the things that I just don't know about, the things that I'm still trying to discern in my life, things that I feel I'm prepared for, but I feel that he has called me to. Um, just, as Mary, just as Mary said yes, I pray that we also learn. I pray that we are able to open our heart to him and allow him to lead us where he um, where he provides for us. So number six. I feel like this is flying by. Number six. Oh, I think I just went by number six. So number seven. Number seven. Okay, this one is a long one. Number seven. So this one is one that I realized today, actually just a few hours ago, is this. What parents don't realize, you as a parent will deliver your child in childbirth, in, ch- in childbirth, but they will deliver you through the way you bring them up. Nothing measures, to, nothing measures to recognizing parents in your children that you thought was healed in you. Nothing measures up to realizing through your children children that you are still healing or that you have you have healed when certain things don't bother you anymore and certain fears no longer have as much control over you and this one goes back to trauma for me um i reckon i realized that this actually came to me when i was thinking of the song mary did you know that your baby boy I don't, I don't remember how the rest of the song goes. But well, basically the song said she will deliver you and um, things like that. One of the greatest mysteries of life, not just life, but of the Catholic belief and faith is Jesus delivered, delivered the whole world. Because he died, we are all saved. Not only are we all saved, because he died, Mary was saved. We, we as Catholics believe Mary was without sin, but at the same time, Jesus' death also saved her, even though she was without sin. And that is something that I realize a lot of parents may not recognize or come to terms with is, I, as someone who is, who is going to be a parent in the future, God willing, no, I recognize that as much as I hope to teach my children, I know I'm going to learn a lot, significant amount from them. And I know that some of the things that I don't heal myself from, I'm going to see that pattern in them. Um, one thing that I learned through counseling is for our, our marriage is that certain things that bother me or sometimes me portraying that back to myself. It's patterns that it's patterns that I'm seeing in my husband that I haven't healed in myself that is bothering me, and I recognize that the same thing will happen when we have children. And for me, that is something that I'm fearful of, but I also recognize something that I can work on, knowing that now, and hopefully, God willing, my children will not have to go through because I will work hard on healing myself before my children come into my life Um, or however God intends for it. But children just have the purest heart and they just show us things in us that we don't recognize that we need healing or help or even grace for. And I think it's important to recognize that our children sometimes are, might be our redemption, um, however 
where we live our life. I remember there is um, a couple of posts I've seen about people um, people saying that if you have a son, God knew you needed someone to love you. And then there's one that says if you have a daughter, God knew that you know that you need to do things differently. And I just feel like in some people's life, that is, for them, they feel that is true for them. Um, and then for some people, it's just like, ugh, whatever. And I think it's important to recognize that your children will reflect to you things that you may not have held in yourself, things that you are still struggling with. But it's important to, which is why it's so important to work on yourself now. Um, before having children, or even if you are you already have children, you recognize that the parents of your children that you not necessarily wish they didn't have, you can still work on that right now and heal from those things and help your children with it as well. Number eight, when you have children, he or she will follow your example more than your advice. This one is a powerful one. Um, and I this one really stood out to me because uh, for me personally, I have so many people in my life, in my family, who will say one thing and do another. And I think it's just so hypocritical and really just two-faced. And really confusing, especially when you're a child and you're seeing two different perspectives, trying to relate two different messages, and you're trying to figure out which one is the correct one. It can be really difficult. And I think one thing that I pray that I do as a parent is that I live the truth that I am speaking to my children. Now, instead of telling them, be good do good and things like that, that I'm actually doing good and being good, showing them an example of what that is. Because I know the more you tell someone something, the more they're going to see what you... It's like actions speak louder than words. If you are telling your children, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, but the things that you're doing are not showing that you love them. There are less likely to believe you um and I think it's important to make sure your actions match your words when you are raising children and I think that's also something that uh, also transition into your marriage if you're telling your spouse one thing and doing another and that's where trouble kind of you know starts it's important and it's so important for us to match our words and our action together Sorry, wire break. <laughs> okay. Um, number nine. Okay, number nine. Whew, number nine is one I am still working on. Number nine. It is okay to tell your mother-in-law, your parents, your friends, etc., et that you are just not there yet. Personally, um, I put more pressure on myself to please the people in my life so much that I often forget to stand up for myself and speak my truth. This sounds, and this is one that I am so, like I said, I'm working on so hard. But uh, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I like to make sure that I don't like to, I don't like confrontations. I don't like to be on people in bad terms. I'm the, the kind of person that likes to make people happy. So, that is something I had to learn to be okay with. I had to learn that not everybody's going to be happy with me. And I had to learn to be okay with it because at the end of the day, God is, my, my goal is to make sure I live up to my Father in Heaven's expectation of who I am. And that I live my life the way He instructs me to not the way my parents, not the way the society I live in instructs me to. And even though the Bible tells us to 
listen to our parents, honor our parents, it doesn't necessarily tell us that that is a greater commitment than what God has in store for us. You know, if your parents are, by God's standard, not good people, that doesn't mean you should be bad people too, just because the Bible also said to honor your parents. I feel like doing good by God's standard, honestly, I always honor your parents. That's just how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, and I feel like as someone who comes from a background family who are just so strong-willed and I work really hard to live my truth because for a long time growing up the truth was not easy to recognize the truth was difficult to say to recognize to be around and as an adult now live my truth is something I want to be able to do freely and encourage my children to do and part of that is letting people know we're just not there yet. And I know at, at a point and certain points in my life, I felt the pressure from people. And I still do because my mom will constantly ask me, when are you going to make me a grandmother? When are you going to make me a grandmother? And my mother, my mother-in-law also, <laughs> we're talking about, how be when she's a grandmother um, because my husband is the oldest so there's also that pressure and I'm my mother's only child so there's also that pressure so I'm learning to say we're not there yet and that is okay because ultimately we will be the one raising these children it won't be your parents it won't be your friends um, it will it won't it will be us um, and I think that just ties into the fact that, actually, I think I'm going to mention that later down the road. But yeah, just tell them you're just not there yet. Because I think at the end of the day, it's a decision between you and your spouse and not between you, your spouse, and your parents. So yeah. Number 10. Number 10. Okay, number 10. This is a great time to start thinking about godparents for your children. It is a tough decision to make, and I personally think it is never too early to start thinking about it. Yeah, I think this is one that I actually started thinking about about four months ago. Like, start seriously thinking about it. I realized there's just people in my life that I love, but I realized that they would not be ideal for godparents for my children. And I'm still trying to figure out who I would want to be godparents for my children. And I remember looking up different things that people take into consideration when they are selecting someone to be their children's godparents. I know for me, one of the standards that I really uphold is that that I want to uphold is that there are practicing Catholics um, married and have children of their own um, so that I can see their parenting style and things like that. Because ultimately, the role of a godparent is to guide that child and to be in that child's life. And if something were to, God forbid, happen to the parents to be able to still raise that child in somewhere of the way that the parents will have wished for that child. And it is a serious, serious decision. And it, it's, it's not one that I, I feel should be taken lightly. And if you don't have a God, godparents for your children, I will definitely recommend thinking about it and having one or two for your kids. Because um, it's good for your kids to have um, other adults in their life who also can offer them guidance for not you or your spouse um, or their or, or their um, um, grandparents and things like that. All right, number eleven. 
be consistent in what you and your spouse want. Don't let your parents have any, and I mean any, influence in where you decide to grow your family. I said this because this is, this decision should be between you and your spouse. If you both need advice from your parents, by all means, include them. But know that the final decisions between you and your spouse, your child will ultimately be raised by your by you both, not by your parents. And this ties back to um, so many other points that I made um, on this podcast. That this decision, the decision to have a child, the decision to be a parent is huge. And I mean huge. This is a new life. This is a life. This is a, a, a little human that's going to grow to be a big human, a big part of society. And it's not one that you should take lightly. Um, it is a vocation that deserves to be purposefully thought about, prayed for, um, and really contemplated. I, I, I don't think jumping in, I, I don't think becoming parents is something you should jump into just at a, at, at a whim or just as a last minute thing, as a last thought or as a second thought or as a last resort or anything like that. I think being a parent is something you need to purposefully know you really want and I understand things happen, um, but for people that are still able to plan for these kind of things and pray for these kind of things to prepare for it, I encourage you to make the decision between you and your spouse and seek outside advice if you need it. But don't let your parents' desire to be grandparents be your driven be what drives you into whether or not you want to be parents. Or when you want to be parents, um, the ultimate decision is both of yours, both of yours and God's. Because God's time is the best time. It's God's time, not your parents' time, not your time, not my time. It's God's time. So pray on it. Um, and just be consistent about it. If you decide you're going to start trying three years, four years, five years, six years, be consistent about it. Hold yourself to it. Pray about it. Remind yourself of why you're doing it. And just know that the best time will happen when it happens because God's time is the best time. Number 12, and last but not least, the obvious Obvious. This one is really obvious for I think a lot of us. <laughs> Financial planning. Be purposeful in all aspects of your child's life, even before they are conceived. Pray for your children even way before conceiving. This one is huge, um, because it does tie into everything else I talked about to this point today. The big part of, I think, decision for people who are becoming parents is the financial part of it. And, I, and like I said, I read that no one is ever really truly financially ready to be a parent. Because, honestly, it is costly to be a parent in this day, to be a parent in this day and age. And it does, in some shape or form... Um, Put a strain on your relationships, not just your your romantic relationship, but your uh, friendships and things like that. And in some ways, it is good. It puts good strains on relationships. And sometimes it puts not so great strains on relationships. So it's important to know that you're financially stable before deciding to become a parent. Um, and pray that wherever you are in your time where you decide and when you pray for God's blessing, that you're financially stable and ready for it. Because I think one of the biggest thing, decisions you're going to make in your life is to have a child. Because that ultimately and literally changes your whole entire life. And you want to make that decision and go into it feeling good about it. Not, stress, not stressed out. 
not doubting and completely unprepared and confused and and it's just I don't know if I can if you can feel the urgency of what I'm saying it's not something to take lightly this is a child this is another person's life and you want to do the best and be the best that you can be for that child um coming from someone who didn't have that I encourage you strongly to prepare, to do your research, to ask the questions, to pray about it. Be fruitful and multiply. But also pray and prepare yourself as much as you can for that life-changing decision, a life-changing moment, because the rest of your life will be forever changed for the for the better. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope you learned something. I hope you feel encouraged. I hope um, this insight really um, helps you to make some decisions. If you're in between deciding, feeling a little woohoo about being surrounded by people who all seem to be pregnant and expecting or, or new parents, believe me. You are not in that boat alone. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> As someone who is not expecting, who is not trying to get pregnant anytime soon, I can tell you, you're not alone. <laughs> so yeah, um, happy hump day. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week and eventually a wonderful, fantastic weekend. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, feel free to uh, rate me, uh, give me a little bit of star, or like, follow, um, wherever platform you're listening from, and be sure to follow me on my Instagram, uh, Facebook, and all the social media that I have. It is also purposely loved. Um, will be hard to miss. I think it's still the same picture on the podcast as it is on my Instagram. So. It would definitely be difficult to miss. Feel free to send me any messages you might have, any comments, any questions, um, concerns, and I will be happy to get back to you. So, yeah, uh, have a good one. Bye-bye.